0: discovered something, especially over the last few months, is that we really need to change the way we look at things. I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over again, because unless we change the way we see things, we're not going to change the way we do things. And the things we've done over the last few years have honestly got us not very far. Especially with a relationship with God. Last week, I don't know, but um, I don't know how many of you are aware, but I celebrated my birthday last week. Did you know that? Many of you didn't. I celebrated my 12th birthday. Now, Many of you don't know what I'm talking about too, but 12 years ago, last week, I came to a knowledge of Jesus and My life changed forever. I know we have a birthday, a day when we are born into this world, but for me, the day I came to a knowledge of Christ and came into a relationship with Him is the day I truly consider myself born. And that happened 12 years ago, so to many practical purposes, I am 12 years old today. And this has a lot of relevance to some of the things that I'm going to say to you today. So, there's a reason why I mention it. Now, over the last 12 years, ever since I came to knowledge of God, I have tried to bring others to knowledge of Him too. And I've tried to bring every single person I meet into a tight relationship with God. Now, I think I've succeeded to a great extent with the first part of this mission. But I'm not so sure I've succeeded as much with the second part. I know I've deepened a lot of people's faith. But I don't think I've deepened it to the point when they're glued to Christ, when they're glued to God like this. And today I said, God, I need them to experience this closeness, this oneness. Because truly, truly, it is the only thing that will change your lives and your destinies and this world forever. And you know what God said? He said, today I'm going to do what you ask. I ask you to say amen. Amen. Now, when I was young, there was a song that I heard and a song that I loved. And it is the only song I still remember after all these years. And the song was this. What a friend we have in Jesus. Truly, these words have so much meaning, so much of meaning in them. If we truly believe them, we could not be the same. I'm going to preach on this song tonight. And the reason I'm going to preach on this song is because every time you sing it, the words should resonate in your soul, resonate deep down within you. Because every single line is from Scripture. And every single line has so much of meaning to it that truly if we internalize it, there is no way we can be the same. This song, by the way, was written by a guy called Joseph Scriven, who was born in Ireland. When he was 25 years old, he was engaged to be married. But the night before the wedding was to take place, his wife met with an accident. She drowned and died. He went to Canada to get over his grief. And he was due to get married again after a few years. But guess what happened to this bride? She too, the night before the wedding, died as well. But this man was a man of faith. This man was a man who knew Jesus as a friend. And he never lost this faith in God. And a few years later, when his mother fell sick, he wrote this song to her and he sent it to her. What a friend we have in Jesus. Now, Many of us don't realize what a friend we have in him. Most of us would like to be friends with somebody important, would we not? A sports star, or a movie star, or a music star, wouldn't we? Imagine if you're friends with Messi, wouldn't you love that? And wouldn't you like it if one day he comes and says, hey, this is my friend. You would love it. Be honest. Every single one of us would like to be the friend of somebody important. And every single one of us would love it if this important friend were to consider us their friend and introduce us as their friend. Would we not? Now forget about all these guys, no matter how good they are in sport. No matter how good they are in music or in writing books, no matter how famous they are, they don't hold a candle to the most famous person of all who also happens to be the Son of God. You have a chance to be His friend. You have a chance. And the reason I say you have a chance is because Jesus is waiting for you to say yes. Because He calls you His friend. He says you are My friends. John chapter 15 verse 14. He's speaking to the apostles when he says this. But he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's mission. But I have shared with you everything the father has taught me. And so I no longer call you my servants. I call you my friends. And he has shared the same mission with you. He has shared the same things his father has taught him with you. He has shared his entire life with you. And he says, you are my friends. And he says, I will prove it to you. If you do not believe that, I will prove it to you. Because greater love has no man than he who lays his life down for his friend. John chapter 15 verse 13. And we know that he proved it. How? By laying His life down for us, His friends. Imagine. I know you know it here. I know you know it here. It doesn't work when knowledge is here. It has to move here. And you have to understand the implications of this friendship. Because it's not just Jesus who wants to be your friend. It is God Himself. And I want to read you something from Scripture. Listen to this. This is from Romans, chapter 5, verses 8 to 11. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Some of us would die for our friends, right? Some of us would die for the righteous, but who would die for one's enemies? Would you? Would you die for someone who has made life for your family, miserable, miserable? Would you die for someone who is constantly spat on your face? Would you die for someone who has persecuted you? Would you die for someone who is disobedient to you? But listen to this. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. Friends of God. To be God for a minute. One minute, only one minute. Not a real God, a pretend God. I want you to imagine you're God. You created Adam and Eve many thousands and thousands of years ago with one purpose in mind. What is that purpose? Can you guess? To have a friend or two. Someone you can talk to. Someone you can be with. Someone you can walk in the Garden of Eden with. That's why you created them. But they turned their back on you. And not only they. Every single person after that turned their backs on you as well. You're God. How do you feel? I want you to think about this because I promise you, you look at this the way I've seen it. And it will change the way you think about God completely. I see all of you. Sinful, disobedient, hateful, heartful. How do I feel? I have given you everything I can give my children. But yet, forget about coming close to me. You are ungrateful. You are hateful. You scorn me. You thumb your nose at me. You sneer me. And you go away. What do I do? What do you do? You're God. does not your blood boil? Don't you feel anger? Don't they know I am God? Don't they know I can crush them? Like dust in my fingers. Don't they know anything? What would you do? What would you do? Crush them. That's what you would do. But now think of God. Think of God. He doesn't want to crush you. He doesn't want to crush you because he loves you. He doesn't want to destroy you because he wants you to be with him. And he knows there is no way. There is no way you can stand in his presence. Because the moment you stand in his presence with those dirty rags that you wear. You're going to be annihilated. You're going to be vaporized. There is no way you can stand in the presence of a holy God. So what does he do? Despite who you are and despite what you have done. He says to his son, go and die for them. And Jesus comes down. Oh, he comes down. He comes down and he is beaten. And he is bruised. He is scorned and he is mocked. He is scourged and he is crucified. And there he dies. All because our Father in heaven wants you to be with him. For what? I asked myself this question, especially two weeks ago when I spoke to you about prayer. I don't know if you remember what I told you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6. When you pray, go to your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. What are you supposed to do in that room? And then I said, what does God want me to do? God who has sent his son Jesus to die for me. Why does he want me to come there? To ask us for things that he already knows we need. He needs only one thing. And listen to me.
1: He needs you to be his friend.
0: God wants you to be his friend. When I got this realization, I just sat down and I wept. I wept because I understood how he must feel. That after doing all these things, we still act like as if we're his enemies. And all we need to do is treat him like a friend as well. And when we have a friend in Jesus, what is not possible for us?
1: What a friend we have in Jesus. and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often
0: forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You know, a couple of days ago, There's a lady who came to me to meet me, and she's sitting over here. And she asked me, Anil, don't you ever worry? And I said, No, I don't. Even though I found her question a little funny, because it is almost like she expected me to worry, to be anxious. I told her, If I truly believe, That God, the creator of heaven and earth, the most powerful being in creation, is my Father. And if I truly believe that Jesus Christ, Savior and Redeemer of the world, is my friend, and if I truly believe that the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to be inside me, is my consoler and my comforter, then how can I worry? How can I worry? How can you worry? Last month we had a retreat for the HSI communities and the retreat leader asked all those who worried to raise their hands and almost every single hand went up. And I felt so embarrassed, not for myself, I felt embarrassed for every person whose hands went up because I couldn't help but think, all these years of knowing Jesus and you still worry? Why? And I asked myself that question. Why are they still worrying? Why are they still anxious? Why are they still afraid? Don't they believe what I believe? And I realized the answer had to be, yes. You say that God is your father, but either you don't truly believe that or you believe God is an important God. You say that Jesus is your brother and your friend. Or either you don't believe that or you believe that Jesus lies. Because he tells you "Do not worry. He tells you peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Peace that is temporary. Peace that lasts for just a little while. The peace I give you is forever. So do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And then I realised the truth might actually be something else that we do not consider Jesus our friend. You know how much I hurt when I think of that? You know how much Jesus hurts when he thinks of that? I died for them so that they could come home And be with me. Not sad, not depressed, not anxious, not burdened, not worried. But be happy and at peace with me. But look at them. Look at them. All the time anxious. All the time burdened. All the time depressed. All the time sick. Why? Because we do not see Jesus as a friend so I asked myself why don't people see Jesus as their friend and then Jesus pulled a little child just like this one. And he said to me to tell his people that unless they change and become like little children They will never, ever understand what it means to be his friend. And because we don't understand what it means to be Jesus' friend, we're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I want you to take a good look at this child. All you big people, all you grown-up people, all you people who carry the weight of the world on your shoulders... Unless you change and become like one of these, you will never become Jesus' friend. And you know, as he taught me this, he taught me something else too. You know the part where Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You remember that part? Every time I check the mic, I use these words, but I've never used them in a sermon till just now. Come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and gentle in heart. You know just before Jesus says this. You know he makes a prayer to the Father. You know what he says? I praise you Father. Lord of heaven and earth. That you have kept all these things hidden from the wise and learned. And revealed only to little children. Jesus is thanking the Father in heaven that he doesn't give adult wise people any knowledge, any wisdom, but reveals only to little children. Like this one here. Come here. Come here. Is this your first time here? Awesome. You're going to be a star. You are a star. And as I thought about these words... You know what I suddenly realized? You will never guess it. That Jesus has the heart of a child. God our Father for all these years of existence and all these years of creation has the heart of a little child. He says of David, David is a man after my own heart and I never could understand what he meant until I understood that God's heart was like this little girl here. And then I looked at David's life. Sinful life, yes, thank you. Sinful life, yes. But a life that was full of exuberance, a life that was full of faith, a life that was full of trust. He was chased through the deserts by this crazy man who was determined to kill him. But David never shook because he had the trust of a little child in God his father. When he returned home to Jerusalem carrying the Ark of the Covenant with the whole nation looking at him, he didn't care about what they were going to think or what they were going to say. He danced like a little child with gay abandon. Everything that David did was like a little child. And I realized what God meant when He said, David had a heart like His. Because you know what? I have a heart like David's heart that was like the heart of God. And what's the heart of a child like? Innocent. Trusting. Dependent. I have a little child here. If I tell this child, don't worry about anything, I will take care of you. What is this child going to do? Say, I don't believe you? No, this child will believe. And this child will go away with confidence and comfort, not worrying about anything, but rejoicing. Paul in his letter to the Philippians says these words, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and petition with thanksgiving Present your request to God And the peace of God that transcends All understanding will guard your hearts and minds In Christ Jesus You want to be anxious? You're stupid Take your request to God Imagine yourself as this child I need you to do this Talk about a paradigm shift here tonight You will never ever understand anything I preach from now on unless you change and listen to me like a little child would, like she would. See how many children we have here. And I'm telling you, after this talk, if I go to them and ask them what I said, they will be able to repeat every single word I say to them. I will ask them, do you trust Jesus? And they will say yes. I will ask them, do you have a friend in Jesus? And they will say yes. I will ask them, will you sleep at peace at night knowing that Jesus is looking after you? They will say, yes, that is the way you need to be. Otherwise, I'm telling you, you're doomed to spend the rest of your lives with these burdens on your shoulders. And why do you carry them when you can just go to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm weary. And what is he going to do? What is he going to do? What does he say he's going to do? Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Forget about that. Feel my arm around you. And know that I'm near. Know that I'm close to you. So close that nothing can separate us. Know that I'm your friend. And know that every burden that is your burden will be my burden. Know that every problem that is your problem will be my problem. Know that every worry I share, know that every anxiety is mine. Know that I'm your friend. Am I your friend? (laughs) Put your hands together for her. And the other children. So, I spoke to my friend. I spoke to my friend before I came here. I asked him what he's going to do. And he said he's going to do, again, what he's always done. Stretch out his hand in friendship to all of you sitting here. He said, it's what I've always done. Ever since I created man, and woman all I've done is stretch my hand out to them and then he said then it's up to those sitting if they want to accept my hand of friendship or not have you ever seen these movies there's a guy who sticks his hand out and the other guy is yeah you've seen them I know you've seen them and you're saying go on shake his hand shake his hand but the guy doesn't do it he's so stubborn What do you wanna do? Don't say yes to me, not interested. Take God's hand and hold it so tight, so tight, that God will know that you're taking his hand for a lifetime and not just for a few moments of need. Because coming back to Matthew chapter six, verse seven, when Jesus says, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, I asked God what he really meant by that too. And he said, what is it that people think I need of them? I sent my son to die for them. What is it that they think I need from them? For them to come and ask me things that I already know? I just want them to be with me. Please listen. Listen. All God wants is for you to be with Him. And if you spend time with Him, He will give you everything He wants because He is getting everything He wants and that is your friendship. It is as simple as that. But you will never understand if you look at it with a grown-up's head. But you will understand every word so clearly if you listen with a child's heart. And truly, I tell you too, you will never know Jesus, you'll never know our Father, unless you change and become like a little child. I could go on, I am going to go on for a little longer. But truly, the truth is this the truth is honestly this. Look at Jesus differently. Look at our Father differently. Look at it from his point of view and see where he takes you. Let's do it now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know it's hard for us to sometimes imagine Jesus. But imagine it as him standing here speaking to you now. Imagine it as him looking at you as you saw me looking at you a few moments ago when your eyes were still open. And imagine him saying to you the words that I'm going to say to you next Hey, I'm so happy to be with you now. I like looking at you, you're so beautiful. I like the way your hair feels in my fingers. I like the way your skin feels to my touch. I like the sound of your voice. I like to listen to you. You know, you sometimes wonder what you need to say when you're in my presence. You don't really need to say anything. Or if you feel like saying something, you can say anything you want. I love to listen to you. Unfortunately, whenever you talk to me, you think you need to ask me for things things that I already know you need instead of asking me for things that I know you need. Why don't you ask me for the important things? Why don't you ask me for love? Why don't you ask for a fresh experience of my love? Why don't you ask for understandings of truths? See, little children, the moment they have a question, they come running asking you, why is this and why is that? And as a parent, if you know the answer, you enjoy telling them. I am like that. And so is my father. But now you don't need to say anything. Just be. Just be for a little bit in my company. And understand that sometimes you don't need to say anything. The love says it all. And I want you to feel my love for a little minute yeah feel it reach out and touch you feel it reach out and embrace you feel your shoulders lighten as the burdens automatically disappear after all you're in the presence of the son of God oh baby baby and then he holds you to him so warm so tender love infinite beyond measure, beyond belief. Pure love reaching out and touching you now. Pure love reaching out and holding you now. Coming to where you are. You don't need to change.
1: You don't need to be anybody different. You just need to be. What a friend we have in Jesus. sins and griefs too bad, what a privilege to carry, everything to God in prayer, oh what peace we often forfeit. Pain we bear, all oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer.
0: Praise the Lord. Sanjay, come here. Sanjay <laughs> always cries, always make him weep. Stand over there. Stand over there, far away from me. not come here. He's always crying, she's always smiling. I never could figure it out, but <clears throat> stand far away. Far, far. What is prayer? I told you two weeks ago, what is prayer? Prayer is not petitioning as we believe it is. You know, I have people coming to me for counseling every day, right? Every single day I have people come and I ask them if they pray and they say, yes, we pray. And I ask them, how do you pray? And they say, we say the rosary, we say novenas, we keep asking God to bless our family, we keep asking God to bless our children. And I have understood that most of us think this is what prayer is. And we were talking about it in the office, and everyone said this is the way we were taught how to pray. And I believe there are a lot of us over here also who believe the same thing till today, that this is what prayer is. Now think of it in terms of a child. Once again, I need you to think everything in terms of a child. A child needs something. He goes to the father the father says, don't worry about it. But most of the time the child doesn't need to ask the father anything because the father already knows what the child needs. Is that not true? And the child is comfortable with that. What a child needs more than anything else is affirmation. A child needs love. And how does the child get this love except by going to the father and cuddling him? And what does the father need? Truly, what does any parent need? For their children to be successful, all that is secondary, and honestly, it's not even on my list of priorities. What I want for my child, my daughter is no longer a little girl. She's a big girl now, but there's nothing more I love than to play with her, than to hold her, than to pinch her cheeks, than to call her my lanu panu and say, do you love your padu?" And she's, she's kind of, wincing now and saying, dad, don't pick me up. But then, I am who I am and no, <laughs> Oh, my lalu palu baby. <laughs> she would have done that three years ago without any embarrassment at all. But she's 18 years old now. She's getting bigger. And she's getting to the place where many of you sit So old, you feel embarrassed by sweet expressions of love. Hey. Hey, chubby. (laughs) Say I love you, Anupanu. Mm.
1: Go on. I love you. I love you. Anupanu. Anupanu. He can do it.
0: Why could he do it? Why could he do it? Tell me why could he do it. Because he's not grown up yet to become a boring person like you. And you are boring people. Trust me. You need to counsel people once in a way. Seriously. You're sitting over there and all you can hear are the problems of the world. And all I can think of, this is not to say don't go for counseling, okay? Okay. But this is to say, if you have a friend in Jesus, you don't need any counselors. Because you have him, God who loves you and cares for you so much. All you need is to be in prayer with him, which means to be in a relationship with him, which means you need to communicate with him, which brings me to these two people standing behind me, wondering what they're doing standing over there. Thank you. Put your hands together for Raul, please. Now, these two are husband and wife, okay? Both of them come from um, a different faith, and I'm not going to go over that. But uh, when did you meet each other? Last year. Last year. Okay, two years ago, they didn't know each other. She didn't know that Sanju existed, and for her, Sanju didn't mean anything, because she didn't know him. But then last year, thanks to this wonderful ministry that is very good in matchmaking. <laughs> true, you will be surprised at the number of people who got married here. They met each other and their hearts went... Yes, yes. Isn't that true? Yes, yes. So... Uh, When their hearts did that flutter, flutter, did your eyes also flutter like that? No? They started talking to each other. Isn't that true? Did you start talking or not? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes. So when they started talking to each other, what happened? They got to know each other more. They got to know each other better. She got to know about him and he got to know her. And when they got to know each other, what happened to that flutter, flutter? It got deeper right? The love increased. Yes or no? Okay, good. I, they're nervous. They're nervous. It happens when you're out here in the middle of so many people. Until we got extra people. You know, last week about 40 people said goodbye. They're all going on vacation. And I told, I told God, my friend, I said, you know, please send more people to fill up the empty seats because I don't want to preach to an empty house. And look what he did. My friend. So anyway, back to, back to um, these two. So then, after you started loving each other, what happened? You couldn't live without him, right? And you couldn't live without her, right? Right. So what did you want to do? To get married, say
1: loudly. Get married.
0: Get married, so you went over there to church one day and he came on his horse. <laughs> Seriously, he came on a horse. Uh, he's a Rajput, uh, I think, Punjabi. Okay, whatever. So, um, I saw the video of the wedding, it looked so cute. They actually held each other's hands like this and they looked into each other's eyes and the priest said, do you accept this man to be your pain in the butt forever? And... (laughs) (laughs) No? So, what happened? They became one, don't be shy, you're married. Go on, hold on. Don't do this if you're not married. Relationship. And in a relationship that is deep and true, you call up the person that you love when you're not there with the person. How often do you call him during the day?
1: Whenever I have time, or whenever he has a break, or whenever I have a break. At work? Yeah. Yeah, whenever I. Whenever you can? Yeah.
0: Whenever you can. And you? Always.
1: Always, always.
0: I didn't coach them. I didn't coach them on what they need to say. I mean, I could have. If they said I call them only once a day, I'd have pinched her. you know. (laughs) But I didn't need to because their relationship is true. Whenever I see them together, I see so much of happiness. I know that they love each other deeply and I know that when they're not with each other, they're constantly in touch with each other. And this is what it should be like with God. That's all. That's all. Because it's all he wants. It's all he wants. Imagine if Veena loved Sanju with all her heart. She really loved him. Really loved him. And he didn't care for her. How would she feel? How would she feel if she picked up the phone and said, Sanju, I need to talk to you for a little bit. And Sanju said, I'm busy and kept the phone down. What would it feel like for Veena when her husband came home and She'd be waiting anxiously to see him, and he would just go straight to his room and go to sleep. How would she feel? How would she feel if, despite whatever she did to make him happy, he was not happy and he constantly seek other avenues of happiness? How would she feel? That's how God feels. That's how your father feels. That's how Jesus feels. And unless you, (laughs) unless you understand that, nothing will ever change in your life. Nothing. Twelve years. I brought a lot of people. Thank you. Put your hands together for them, please. 12 years I brought a lot of people close to God but not close enough because for me the one sign that people are close to God is if they do not worry tell me you don't worry and I'll know that Jesus is your friend you tell me that you worry I will not believe that Jesus is your friend and my heart will break not only for you but for him. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? This song has a second part but I'm not going to go there. Not today. Have we trials and temptations? Do you know how the words go? Yeah? We'll take it next week because um, we're running out of time. What I want to do here tonight is to minister to you. And last week, during worship, a lot of people were touched. Um, There's one friend of ours who testified, Amy. Amy spoke to um, Janet this morning about how the worship last week impacted her life. And not only hers, I had a lot of people... Telling me about the amazing things that God did during worship. So let's put our hands together for just for anything. Uh,
2: I have been, for, I'm in the discipleship program and we are taught how to speak to Jesus. So I have been doing it for a long time, for one hour. I drag it for about one and a half hours. But Jesus has been saying that I should sit longer. So I have been asking how long, Lord, and he's showing me two hours, three hours. I have tried. I, uh, as my friends know, I like to talk. So to sit quietly is very difficult for me. Maximum one and a half. So uh, I tried, and it didn't reach at all, two hours. So at the end, I told Jesus, you have to help me. This, I cannot do this. I want to do it, but uh, it's, it's out of my reach. I cannot do it at all. And uh, that is when last week, the last portion, Brother Anil said to repeat the song again. And that day something happened to me that uh, I did not know that uh, I was like fainted. I can hear, I know what is happening, but I couldn't move. I can really feel Jesus that day. When I went home, I had something in my heart that was like pouring out and I did not know what, uh, then I knew that okay after 2-3 days it will go away and those 2-3 days I couldn't leave the Bible I was continuously reading and on Monday uh, it was still there so I, when I was praying I asked Jesus what is this that I'm feeling now so it was Thursday, Wednesday it happened and on Monday I still feel it so Jesus said you asked you asked to help you asked for help to sit longer so this is what I have given you you will sit longer. Because I am in a, uh, uh, I am very busy. So I was telling Jesus, how am I going to now sit longer? I have this, this, this to do. So now he's really helping me during, uh, I work in a school. And during daycare time, when I'm patting the children to sleep, he will say, now let's talk. Because he knows I like to talk. So the, the time that I'm supposed to sit and keep quiet, I'm talking to him. So now he has found in between my day that I talk to him. And basically, he tells me how to run the school. We run the school according to the way Jesus wants now. And I have uh, people who are from different faiths. So when we sit at the meeting, I will say something. And they will ask, why is it now? Why are we doing like this? And yesterday, while somebody was asking a question, the other one said, Jesus has told her. So let's do it. You know, this is not Christians, non-Christians who are talking. So everything is going now according to Jesus' plan, and I am sitting. I am sitting with him. We have reached two hours, and when the alarm rings, I will say, Jesus, now I have to go. So he is so gentle, and it's not that he has said, you have to sit. He always asks, do you want to do it or not? And I have accepted it, and I have reached two hours now. And it's really great. Yesterday we had, on Tuesdays, we have the adoration in church. And yesterday I couldn't open my mouth. When the Blessed Sacrament was exposed, I, I was like numbed. I can hear, I can hear people praying. A priest was sitting just beside me. And I always thought priests are the anointed people and they are. And I thought that this feeling we will not get because I know who I am and I did not think that I can have this experience in front of the Blessed Sacrament. The minute the prayers were opened, sign of the cross, it left. And there was like a a pull. I feel like a magnet holding me. And my daughter was pulling my hand and my hand has fallen. But I couldn't lift it up and keep it on my lap again. It was like uh, somebody talking to me not in my body, but in my spirit. I feel that some communication is going on, but I cannot talk. It was the best experience that I have had in my life.
0: I'm really grateful to Sister for sharing that because uh, this afternoon we were praying and we experienced um, pretty much the similar thing. and. Um, whenever I get something like that from God, I want to share it with everybody. And he said he's going to do the same thing here tonight. Do you accept his hand of friendship? Will you hold it forever? Can we have the choir, please? And while we're waiting for them, I just want to read you this from scripture. This is from John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. I have a lot of favorite passages in the Bible, but of all of them, this ranks as one of um, the ones I love best. Jesus says these words, and I want you to listen because these words too are transforming words. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking to you, as the Father has loved me, So have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than he who lays his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned From my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Let us begin by loving God. With all our hearts here tonight. And it doesn't matter whatever you may have done before. It doesn't matter how many times you may have turned your back on God before. Today, He will make everything right. Not only will He accept you in open arms, He's going to bless you like never before. Because He told me this this morning. He said, I am going to stretch my hand out in friendship again. And if they only take it, if they take it even with half a will, I will give them more than they will ever need. And I believe my father is a man of his word. And I believe if he says he's going to bless his children over here tonight, he is going to bless and he's going to bless in abundance. Just accept his friendship. What an amazing, awesome thing it is for God to extend friendship towards us. Let us hold his hand. Let us hold his hand here tonight. And let us prepare for brand new lives. Amen.